Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uncensored Sales Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dowdy, a sales coach and revenue mentor for female entrepreneurs looking to get more clients by mastering their sales conversation and their sales mindset. And I am here today with a guest that I am really excited about. Uh, Megan O'Neill is a business mindset strategist uh, out of Canada, actually, and we had the incredible opportunity to connect via LinkedIn and have a really great conversation. And because I am so passionate about mindset, I thought that Megan was the perfect guest to be here with us today to share with you what she has learned about mindset and how she has built her work and her business around that specific skill set. So welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You are welcome. So I always like to start with just a basic introduction, Megan. Tell us about you, your business, and then your, your journey to entrepreneurship. Well, as you said, I'm from Canada. So I grew up in Toronto, but I'm living in Ottawa now, the capital. Um, well, you know, I'll just quickly talk about what got me into mindset because it's sort of an interesting story. But um, years ago in the late 90s, I was working in the film industry, which I fell into after I got out of university because I needed to make money quickly and got sucked into it. And it was a really interesting job, but part of my job was listening to people and being a liaison between the film set and the, the greater public. And I found myself listening to people's, you know, essentially their problems an awful lot. And um, I decided at that time that I was really unhappy doing what I was doing. It just wasn't working for me. And I was in a relationship with someone I'd met on set, who ends up now being my husband. And um, I was having a lot of issues in my relationship with him around trust, meaning that I was the problem, basically. And he said to me, you know, if we're going to go forward, and I did want to stay in a relationship with him, you're just, you're, you're going to have to work on the trust because it was really starting to get in the middle of our relationship. And I just had this epiphany one day that it was a lot of old beliefs and a lot of things from my childhood. Um, my parents had divorced and I, I had at least that light bulb moment where I understood that he was right. And um, my husband, interestingly, had uh, tried this method that I ended up eventually becoming trained in called core belief engineering. And I decided that I was going to try it. And lo and behold, I found what I was meant to do. And this method really is all about beliefs. And the idea that beliefs, you know, create your reality really appealed to me. And, you know, a lot of my work is around the subconscious. And I had already explored the subconscious because a couple of years before that, I had quit smoking. And a lot of that was looking at what did I believe about smoking. And I ended up quitting in one day. And that was all about me examining uh, what I believed about my relationships around smoking. So it was sort of an interesting um, evolution. And I ended up getting trained after that. I literally, within a couple of weeks, quit my job and decided to train in this method. And um, in the early 2000s, I was certified and I started working in Toronto. And um, I started working, funny enough, I started working with entrepreneurs back in the old days because... Um, for anybody who knows Toronto, Toronto is a very entrepreneurial city. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a city, it's like, I think it's like 3 million now. And I would say that most of the residents honestly come from somewhere else, either somewhere else in Canada. It's a bit like New York for Americans. And um, I, had, I had people who understood the, the power of beliefs and mostly men at that time, because, you know, to be honest, I didn't know a lot of female entrepreneurs, a lot of female business ladies. 
And they just understood the power of beliefs in terms of the growth of your business. So they were coming in on things, things like networking. Um, they were coming in on connecting a lot of, you know, I call it right brain, emotional intelligence stuff. And then eventually I, I did, I sort of was a generalist for years and worked on a lot of, um, you know, personal development things. And then eventually I got into relationships. But what I found is that every single time an entrepreneur came to work on something, I got excited. Mm -hmm. and I sort of, you know, connected the dots. This is who I should be working. This is my ideal client. I should be working with an entrepreneur. And my dad had been a, a serial entrepreneur. So it wasn't really surprised, surprising that I would go, um, go toward or be attracted to entrepreneurs because I had grown up in that type of, um, that type of atmosphere, very creative up and down, you know, the typical entrepreneur, right? So that's where, that's how I got started. That's really how I got to where I am. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that story. So, you know, as you, you started and the first time we talked, I told you this, like you, you were an online entrepreneur, you were a coach, like before it was cool, <laughs> before everyone was doing it, um, which I think is really incredible. So you probably had different challenges in growing your business than some of us growing our businesses today. But um, what has been the biggest challenge in growing your business, Megan? Well, I mean, I don't think you're going to be surprised to hear this, but it has been mindset. It has mm -hmm. been um, understanding my ability. It's also, you know, mindset, which is not surprising I'd say but that. But also, um, you know, when I started back in the early 2000s, there was no online communities. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand that I could get support, for example, from a business coach. Um, I had poor money mindset. I had, I didn't have a community. I think that, you know, I always say that I was really emotionally lonely mm -hmm. and that was one of my biggest challenges is having a mentor, having, um, camaraderie. And I think that, um, I think, you know, not surprising sales and marketing. That mm -hmm. was really the sort of practical things that I was challenged with. Yep. Absolutely. So let's, let's dig into sales because that's, that's what, I focus on that's what everyone here is here to learn about what were some of those hangups around sales Megan and then how did you overcome them well I mean I, I think I had a, a, a poor background to begin with um, you know I'm sure that many Americans know that um, we have universal health care here sure and I grew up with my mother being a nurse and you know she worked in a Catholic hospital in Toronto and was trained by the nuns and the reason why I bring that up is because you know, she was trained that nuns did everything for free. You know, they volunteered. Nuns have, have never, never made a profit, as you can imagine. And so my mom had a very poor mindset. And when it came to sales, my mother, who influenced me greatly, was really close to my mom. Um, my mom really, really taught me that it was almost dirty to talk about money. It was almost dirty to ask for things. Um, there was a lot of, a lot of um, terrible messaging that I had growing up. So, and, and in relation to the universal healthcare, we don't often pay for things that we go to see the doctor. There's not too many things. And if we do pay, um, it's, it's very minimal. So when I had to ask, because I've always been private, people have always paid out of pocket. Um, for me, I... I really struggled with whether or not people could afford me. So I took that story on and um, I almost felt like salespeople were dirty. And if you 
it's funny, if you were to jump on to, I have a, a Facebook private group of entrepreneurial, mostly women, and I asked them about their sales blocks, and it's all about people's judgment. It's all about um, that sort of, they feel that people are rolling their eyes. Um, they feel that it makes people uncomfortable. And that's exactly how I felt. I felt like, you know, I shouldn't be asking people to pay. I felt great guilt around that. And, and my, you know, my, my skill set is about helping people to get beyond their mindset blocks. It's personal development. And I really struggled with people having to pay for it. So it's sort of unique in many ways, but you might see this in, um, you know, communities such as yoga and healing professions often have a lot of struggle around asking people to pay for their services. Yes. Um, I actually think that most people that have never had to ask people to pay for their services directly struggle with it early on because it's not something that is comfortable. Um, and I, I love that you had that conversation with the people in your group. Um, I think I shared with you last time we spoke, I have a Facebook group and on the way into the group, there are three questions I ask people to answer. Um, and one of them is, you know, tell me what you think of when you think of sales. And it is so often the used car salesman, um, pushy, aggressive, challenging, gross, uncomfortable. Um, but the money piece actually doesn't come up as often. And I think that's, that's really true is, um, the fear of people not being able to afford you. Uh, I had a sales manager back in my corporate career that would tell me, um, that these sales reps are trying to spend the money like it's their own. You know, they're like, Oh, I can't ask the client for that much money because they wouldn't pay that much money for it. Which I think honestly has a lot to do with belief in yourself and belief in your product. What do you, what are your thoughts around that? Well, I, I think that's true. Although I think that one of the biggest blocks that people have is their money mindset in relation to sales. So what I mean by that is that I think that exactly they think it's their own money. Everybody has a story about money. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody has um, beliefs that they grew up with. You could hear my beliefs with my mother um, that you shouldn't ask for money. There's this whole feeling, negative feeling around money. There's a lot of messages that we got as kids um, about money and not deserving. And I think that people often project that onto whomever they're speaking to. So um, if I were speaking to a client, I'm, I'm automatically assuming perhaps something about them and their money situation, which I don't know. I don't know. Most people don't know half the time. And instead of, you know, instead of just, you know, telling them about my service or presenting what it is that I do, I've got this dialogue in my head, or I had the dialogue in my head or my, is that, you know, this person might not be able to afford, maybe this is better for them. And making those decisions because you have money beliefs that you haven't worked on. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it totally does. So when someone comes to you with those money beliefs, um, what's usually the first thing you have them work on, Megan? When they come to you and they say, I'm just really uncomfortable with the money piece. I'm constantly worried people can't afford it. I don't feel comfortable talking about it. Uh, what's usually the first kind of exercise you have them do uh, to figure out how to overcome that? Well, the first thing that I have them do is, is start to become aware of our beliefs. Our beliefs are really tricky. Mm -hmm. You know, often we grow up and we have, we have messages, particularly around money. Mm -hmm. And those messages are often negative. I, I, to be honest, I'd say most of the time people have negative messages around money. 
um, you know, think about some of the expressions that you heard growing up, you know, uh, I'm just trying to think, I don't know why I'm forgetting like a money expression, but when you would have heard, like there's something money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. Money is the root of all evil. Like all of those expressions that you and I would, would have heard from maybe our parents when we were growing up. And, and those are rattling around in our brain. And often people are, you know, they grow up, they might even be making a lot of money. They might be enjoying money, but there's a part of them and they're subconscious rattling around with a lot of old money beliefs. And so what I ask them is what do they believe? What do they believe about money? And I ask them to dig deeper on their money beliefs because you might not even be aware of it. So for example, if a person is feeling uncomfortable, like for example, they go, oh, you know, the person might not be able to afford, what's it gonna do to them? Well, we need to dig down deep on that because that's going to definitely block you from feeling confident talking about your product or what you do. And you know, the, the question for me is, why are you taking that on? What is it within you that feels that you need to take on the other person's story? <sighs> That's so interesting. Um, most of the people listening to the podcast know that I actually this year did hire a mindset coach. And I think I've shared that with you, Megan. Um, and it was something that we, we don't really talk about in the corporate world, right? Like it's just power through, put your head down, figure it out. And actually, I think you work with B2B clients, which I think it's really incredible that they have the foresight to see how important the work that you do is. And we're having a coaching call just yesterday. And I was talking about something. I was frustrated because someone had repurposed my content without my permission. And I was just really indignant about it. And I was just like, I don't understand why you would do that. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, my coach looked at me and she was just like, why do you feel that way? Like what it's, is it just like a right and wrong? And it was just, she was like, how is this serving you? Like, why are you putting energy into this? And I didn't even realize that I was, but it was probably the fourth conversation I had about this person repurposing my content without my permission. And I, that's exactly what you just, what, why are you taking this on? Like, why, so why are you doing that? Yeah. It's so interesting. And underneath that, so why we take these things on, why we're triggered by things. Like for example, if someone tells you your price and you get triggered by it, why are you getting triggered? What do you believe about that price that's triggering you? And if you can ask and you can really dig down deep on that trigger instead of just going, oh, I'm really angry and I'm really peeved that this is what they said. What is it that makes you peeved? What do you believe about the situation? And so do people believe that that, that like, for example, do people feel like when they say, well, you know, that's really expensive. And they say, because think about it. Everybody has a belief about what the value is of something. I could think that that, you know, that scarf is worth $2 and you could believe that scarf is worth $200. We might have very different beliefs about the value of something. Someone might, I used to have, you know, I'll give an example. When I used to work, I used to work um, a couple of years ago, I used to often work with couples and money beliefs were always coming up. That would be a deterrent for people to maybe pursue um, working with me because they didn't want to pay out of pocket. They would rather have, for example, their insurance cover it. But what would and inevitably happen is one of the spouses would say, no, I really feel like we're going to get somewhere with Megan. I think we definitely need to commit to working with her. And then the other spouse would say, you know what? No, I think we can do this on our own. I don't think we need to pay her. I think we can do this on our own. And I would kind of, I would say to them, well, you know what? I don't work on my own car. Like, I'm not a mechanic. I don't work on my car. I think that what happens is, is that that person, one of them believed that my service was worth it, and one of them did not. 
Now, that's, that's pretty standard. Most people have very different beliefs. You know, in this case, that's what caused, for example, there to be contention in the relationship. Money is a very powerful thing. And I think it's directly related to sales. But I also think, and you know this better than me, is, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with your, your self-worth, your value. How much do you value yourself? And that directly relates to money, right? But if you have a great product and you know it's a great product and you know it's going to help you. So this is what I had to do in terms of changing my beliefs. I had to understand that I have this great product, this great service, and my job is, is, to, make, is to help people. So if I'm holding myself back from talking about what I do because I'm fearful of rejection or I'm fearful of um, a person not being able to afford it, that I'm robbing them of possibly working with me and solving and transforming their mindset. Right? Absolutely. That's so interesting. There's so many things in there. I'm like, oh, I want to go down this rabbit hole and that rabbit hole. <laughs> 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 but I won't. Um, and so I think that the confidence and the self-worth thing is probably something I see a lot in the female entrepreneurs, Megan, that I work with, um, is that. It's the piece of, yeah, can, can I am I worth that price point? So that's, I know a whole nother mindset in and of itself. But one more thing I want to ask your opinion on is the feeling of, you know, gross, pushy, yuck, aggressive. Um, Cause it's a little different than the money piece. And I, we do all have money beliefs regardless, but what about that feeling of just sales is sales is bad. Sales is aggressive. Sales is something that people don't want to be sold to. How do you handle that when a client comes to you and they feel that way about sales? What's some of the, obviously addressing the belief, and I absolutely cover that with my clients, but what are some of the ways that you've helped your clients kind of see their way around that particular mindset challenge? Well, I mean, I, I do think they need to examine their beliefs about that. I mean, I don't know if you agree with me, Ryan, but we have been conditioned, I think particularly as women, to be concerned about other people's feelings ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. I think that we are told as little girls that we have to be really concerned about not hurting people's feelings or not making them feel uncomfortable, not being too aggressive. There's all of these messaging, messaging that we received as young girls, you know, like not even putting up your hand if you were to see my 14-year-old struggling to um, put up her hand in class. There's a huge, huge amount of conditioning that we go through. And in order to understand that conditioning, you need to look at what you believe. And once you start to understand what you believe, mm-hmm. understand that those beliefs are not appropriate anymore. They're not going to, like, I'm, I'm a big proponent of figuring out how to serve in the world. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that money is not important. Obviously it is. And people want to have, they have financial goals. But I think that we're, we've gone beyond um, surviving now. We're in an abundant stage. And, you know, I, I'm not worried about food on the table. I'm not, for, I'm not worried about my medical bills. Like, we're pretty lucky in our society. Sure. But, but, and I think that people are looking for a higher purpose. And so what I say to people is, is that you can't serve in the world. You cannot serve your clients. You cannot help people. Because most of the time, most of us, whatever it is, we want to help either change the world or we want to help. That's really, I find that the foundation of what I, I notice that people's motivation is. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you're holding back because of these old beliefs. You can't help people if you believe 
that this is too expensive or that you're being icky. Most of the time, when you look at that sentence, like, oh, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable or I'm, I'm coming across as being too icky, you're worried about judgment. You're worried about those people judging you. And nine out of 10 times, people aren't judging you. And in, in you know, the case, they're probably not your ideal client or your ideal customer either. If they are that, um, if they're that resistant, you know, that's the truth. Um, so what I ask people to do is to really dig down deep on their beliefs and also understand that they can't serve in the world. They can't help people. They can't um, make their financial goals. And so if you have that coming up, if you feel that it's icky, if you look at those beliefs and understand that I think a lot of times we're still kind of stuck in that childhood way of operating. And that is, oh, I don't want to hurt people's feelings or I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. And once again, you're making assumptions about the people across the table from you or on the phone, right? What I find so interesting about what you just said, Megan, is that a lot of the times we're saying, I feel uncomfortable and I right. don't want to be pushy. But what you just said is that we're actually more concerned about the judgment of the other person than our own personal feelings in that scenario. Yeah. So what I have said to, uh, to people often is, is that the way in which I, you know, I, I've been doing this, I've had to talk to people about my service. And as I said, it's out of pocket for almost 20 years now. And what I have learned to do is, is really, really ask questions. Like what do they actually need? And I ask for permission. Like, mm -hmm. do you, do you want to hear about what I do? If they're phoning me, generally they do. But I, I, you know, I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to hide how much I charge people. And I'm, so I'll say, you know, I ask for permission a lot. And I think that just that kind of basic respect helps people to, yeah, they're like, yeah, I would like to hear about what you do. And um, I think there's kind of basic things that you can do by simply asking questions, finding out what it is that they struggle with, finding out what it is that they're looking for and asking permission. And people feel respected, you know, when you do that. And they don't feel like you're pushing. That's just my personal kind of uh, tool that I use. 100%. And that's actually so much along the lines, Megan, of what I teach my clients is about, yes, I mean, if, if people are jumping on the phone with you, if you're, if you're being candid about why we're having a conversation here today and that it's a sales conversation, they're, they want to know what you do. They want to know how much it costs. They want to know how much, it, how, you know, or how you can help them. Um, and then I do, I always tell people to ask for permission, especially early on when you're building a relationship with someone, you know, yeah. can I invite you to this? Can I invite you to that? You and I both have Facebook groups and I always coach my people to, you know, Hey, I have a Facebook group where I did a, do a ton of free training and there's a lot of really great resources. Can I send you a link to join the group? I will always ask for permission for that. So um, that's so spot on um, with what I'm teaching. So I love that. But aside from sales um, and mindset, because obviously I know that will be your answer to this question, but you know, you've been in business, like I said, you've been an online entrepreneur for a lot longer than most of us that are listening to this podcast today. What are some other things that you felt have been really critical um, in growing your business? What skills have you learned along the way that you were surprised that you had to learn um, that you think have just been really great assets for you as you've grown your business? Well, I mean, I, you know, basically the way that I was taught was I operated almost like a counselor or a therapist. So I had no skills for business when I was, you know, certified. I really had to find myself 
um, throughout these years. And you know, as you know, things marketing has changed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've had to learn on my feet everything, even in terms of, you know, what we're doing now, working with people online, that was a whole new thing. I'm constantly, constantly learning. But I think, you know, what my biggest lesson was is after I started to work on my own money mindset was that I learned I needed to outsource. I needed to ask for help and get people to help me in the areas that I am not talented in. I'm not, I don't really like bookkeeping, you know, and that was a really big stress in my life. Um, I need people who are wonderful writers for my content and my copy. So instead of me trying to do everything, which is ridiculous, because there's no way that I could have, I stay in my lane. I, you know, anybody who's read The Big Leap understands from uh, Dr. Hendricks that we all have a zone of genius. Mm -hmm. And if you can stay in that zone, then you will make money and you will be happy. And so anything that you're really not enjoying, even at the beginning when you're bootstrapping, when you know, you're like, oh, I don't really have enough money for that. Find someone who can do it. Find someone who can do the crappy things that you don't like to do and spend your time in the things that you love to do and that you're good at. Um, that's what I learned. And that was, that took me a long time to learn that. So I'm not going to say that, you know, I learned that in a year. I mean, it took me years to learn a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So be forgiving and understand that you are not going to learn everything overnight. That, um, most of the people that you, and this is where the on online world can be really tricky where you look online and you're like, Oh, that person looks so successful and they're living the life and Oh my God, look at them just understand that that often can be artificial mm -hmm. and that, um, that if they are where they say they are in reality, then it took them a while to get there and there's no overnight successes. Mm -hmm. That's really what I believe in my experience. 110%. We talk about that all the time inside of my Facebook group and with my clients, because I teach a very organic way to grow your business and connect with people. And I tell them like, if you're looking for an overnight strategy, I'm not your girl. Like, I don't believe that businesses are built that way. I believe there are some people that are just truly blessed and lucky and right place, right time. And all of those things, I'm not saying it's impossible, but um, no, most no. people have built their business one brick at a time. Yeah, exactly. And I just, sorry, one more thing, Ryan, I was just thinking about you know, I've been on LinkedIn a lot and I've been on Facebook and just one thing that um, I find talking about organic relationships is everyone, every once in a while, and particularly lately, I've been getting like direct messages selling me something mm -hmm. and I have no idea who this person is. And I'm like, and I heard a guy on um, LinkedIn say this, you know, you're asking them to marry you and you're on the first date. Yep. <laughs> and I thought that was a perfect, cause I was like, I don't even know who this person is. And, right. and so I just think that organic element of any relationship, like think about your friendships that have lasted for a long time. Organic. I think you're, you're bang on with the organic part. I think that's the, what lasts, right? Absolutely. And that's how you and I connected. We connected on LinkedIn and I probably sent you a message and just said, Hey Megan, you know, we're both online, female online entrepreneurs. I love learning about women in business let's have a conversation. And yeah. here we are. It probably took us a couple of months and I feel like I rescheduled on you once and a couple of other things. <laughs> snowstorms. <we know. laughs> <Those> darn snowstorms. <laughs> um, but you know, here we are having this conversation to people who never knew each other previously that connected online, you know, started a, an online relationship, took it offline. And then here we are having this awesome conversation on this podcast today. So 
I think it's just such an incredible way to kind of show full circle what the capabilities are today if you really go out in the world with the intention of, of connecting instead of just selling. And you know, the world is exciting then. This, when I first started, there was no online. It was me in my little office, and honestly, I, I marketed through a paper, newspaper. There you go. That's how old it was. <laughs> but this is like, I'm talking to people from all over the world, and this is particularly, in my opinion, this is women's time. This is their time to step up. This is a great way. We're like an underground community of just growing, and there's so many opportunities just with each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited about the future. I am as well. Well, Megan, thank you so much for your time today. And like I said, there are so many incredible things that we could have dug into, but I think you did a really incredible job of showing the audience um, of really being aware of your thoughts and, and kind of unpacking why we feel the way we feel about sales and money and our businesses in general. So I thank you so much for that time. Any final thoughts for our audience? And then of course, please tell everyone where they can find you and, and where you spend most of your time so they can go connect with you. Well, I spend my time on, uh, often on Facebook and LinkedIn. It's Megan O'Neill and MeganO'Neill.ca because I'm in Canada. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I just want to leave people with the, um, just the advice to dig down deep on your beliefs. And you'll recognize that you have a belief every time you heard that, hear the word should, this is a little tip, then there's a belief that, that precedes that. And that will give you some insight into what's going on and maybe what is blocking you from really feeling confident about sales or anything else. Okay. So that, so I'm MeganO'Neill.ca and you can just see core beliefs and Megan on Facebook. Oh, fantastic. That's a good one. Every time you feel yourself saying you should, what is the belief behind that? I love that. Well, thank you again, Megan. And thank you all of you for tuning in today for the Uncensored Sales Podcast. If you want to continue the conversation and continue to learn and grow, you can join us over in Facebook on the Sales Skills for Women in Business Facebook group. I also, like Megan, spend a ton of my time on LinkedIn. And I'm Ryan with two N's Dowdy, and I would love to connect with you over there. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.